Wednesdays are a big day. day. And, and clearly we've, we've, we've made, we, we've made a couple big splashes this past year. That's for sure. Yeah. We've caused clearly, a lot of uh, conversations. Clearly Tuesday nights are, uh, our ribs night because he looks like a complete bag of shit right now. <laughs> Come on, Riz. What are you talking what about? You what are you, what are you talking about? I, I got up this morning and, uh, the room was a little hot last night. So I, I went directly down, like, Directly down to the water, dove in. It's the biggest wake up call because the the water's pretty cool, and uh, that's how you start the day right there. So what's uh, what's been going on with you, Jr.? Uh, just uh, just a lot of traveling. Uh, some whiskey things. We I just got back from a Navy SEAL event in Erie, Pennsylvania, which was a lot of fun. Um, Heading to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho tonight for another event, which I think you guys would be very interested to to, to hear about. We got Eddie Vedder uh, performing a solo on Friday for just this small group of people that are going to be up there. And then Journey on Saturday is performing. Wow. So, yeah. So really cool weekend of, uh, of golf and um, raising money for um, the, the Idaho Cancer Hospital uh, this week. And then I go to Denver on Tuesday and Wednesday next week. Then I go to Chicago for three days and go to New York to uh, play in a live event, playing in the, the live program at Bedminster with, with 45. And then, uh, then heading to Muskoka for two weeks. So, and then Alaska for five days. Where, oh, where are a- you? Are, did you rent a cottage or are you going to someone's cottage in the Muskokas? Uh, I'm going to a couple friends' places up there, but I'm going up there because of events. Like I'm going to the Connor McDavid uh, golf event. I'm going to Kitchener's um, Kitchener's hockey event. They have actually a hockey event in Kitchener, so I have a lot of events that I'm doing up there, and then taking about five or six days uh, at at the my friend's place just to chill and do nothing on the lake like you are. What's so. a JR reception like in Canada? Insane. And obviously it depends on everywhere you are, but Toronto's a lot different, right? Because it's that love hate, right? So it's because, you know, everybody talks about my goal in 2004 and how I crushed the, the lease back then. But um, still, it's always, always a great reception, right? It's, you know, JR, you were, you were a monster. You were, you were a leaf killer. You are this, that, but you know, we hated you, but we loved you. Right. So it's, and it's everywhere you go. I mean, it's not even, not even funny. The, um, the recognizability for me in Canada, it's, it's truly, uh, um, I, listen, it's just, I think, I think again, you know, being the, the national sport and me being such a, um, a vocal, vocal leader in the media up there. I mean, didn't matter what state, what city you were in up there, you were going to get a pretty good dosage of me doing something, whether it was funny, stupid, embarrassing, or controversial, right? And then then going into their buildings and a lot of times, you know, kicking the shit out of their hockey teams. So um, yeah, like did you yeah. did you like going to Canada and playing? Did you enjoy those? Loved, it. loved loved it, loved it. And I would walk to every. I would walk to um, see in Toronto. I walked to the state to the games um, to the stadium for game day. Vancouver, uh, I I would um, I would walk. Um, Calgary was a little bit far, so I didn't walk. Um, Montreal. Montreal, Montreal, I would walk to the, I would walk to the, to the stadium. So 
you know, obviously Ottawa, you couldn't, but um, yeah, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And, you know, it's, you always knew when you got to the door, there was going to be 30 or 40, you know, guys sitting there with, uh, you know, with binders of cards and pictures and pucks that they're, they're going to want you to sign. So uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that uh, that kind of relationship with the fans. Any- no, but it's it's awesome. It's awesome going to Canada. I, you know, and I had that opportunity maybe to play in Calgary. I wanted to play in a Canadian city. I tried to sign in Toronto in two thousand one as a free agent. Um, they didn't have they didn't have the cap space or the, at least the money to do it, um, or the money to do it. So they didn't want to do it. And then Calgary, I was going to play in Calgary in two thousand five, two thousand six, but Gretz called me literally as I was talking to Daryl Sutter uh, to do a deal. And I, I said to Daryl, Hey, Gretz is calling me on the other line. He goes, call me back. And Gretz asked me to come play for Phoenix that year. I called back and, and Daryl's like, you don't even have to tell me. Can't say no to Gretz. He says, good luck. So instead of going to Calgary, I went back to another year at Phoenix, which that uh, looking back now, Monday morning quarterback, I wish I never did, but Wish well, I would have gone to Calgary. Looking back to your days in uh, Chicago, uh, the the owners were the Wirtz family. Obviously, did you hear Rocky Wirtz passed away? I did. I did. Um, you know, that's a big that's a big loss for that team. You know, that team's in chaos as it is right now. There's so many changes and so many things happening in that organization right now. They're trying to retool their whole organization inside and out. Players, management, uh, you know, ticket office. Uh, you know what they're doing with um, with you know all the you know the um, the ca- the character the character um, building tools that they're doing the HR things. I mean, it is crazy what's happening in Chicago. And now with Rocky being gone, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, is Danny going to take over the whole thing, and what's going to happen? So that um, Danny's because- his son, correct? How old's Danny? Danny's in his in his forties. So, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Danny's a great guy. Danny's really smart. He's a good, he's a good person. He's been around the team a long time. So, I mean, I think the team's in good hands with, uh, the passing of ownership, but you know, again, when Bill, when Bill passed away, it was a, it was a huge, a huge, um, no disrespect, but when Bill words passed away, it was a, it was a positive thing for the franchise yeah it was a direction change big direction change in mentality and rocky yeah. kind of uh, changed the, the the mentality of of the way that the hawks were going to be well that's run. the thing and he was he was leaving such a legacy there with the three stanley cups and the teams that he built well he didn't build mm-hmm. but the, the hirings to to you know and just the teams that they had and then yeah you know just a, a tough way for a legacy to kind of for a man to go out you know in the last few years with the Kyle Beach yeah and I, and I think I think I think Rocky had a little bit of his dad in him uh, a little bit of his mentality a little bit um kind of ran the team a little bit the same way that Bill did but still but more progressive um I would have to think Danny's going to take a little bit more of a of a position than Rocky had. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and, and who, if they do uh, say that Danny is now going to be the, you know, the priority of the team. Yeah. So Bill, Bill is the one who blacked out where you couldn't watch the games mm-hmm. on TV. He basically said, if you want to come and watch this team, you're going to have to come and buy a ticket. Meanwhile, I think right. that hurt, that hurt the, 
the Blackhawks for many, many years. And when he passed and Rocky, you know, took over the team, wasn't it Rocky that now changed that yeah. soon after his father passed? Right away. That right, he away. Op- right away opened up the ability for fans to to watch the game on TV because I yeah. think that yeah. you know it it's garnering interest in the team. I think uh, yeah. um, so they 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 went in a different direction and uh, you know it's going to yeah, be interesting also, to yeah, see. He, he also brought back a lot of the older Hawks, but you know Bobby Hall, Stan Mikita, uh, Tony Esposito. Um, you know Keith Magnuson was was even though he wasn't around, you know he wasn't there because of he passed. He was part of the uh, you know the ambassadors group, Chelly, and these guys were at every game and greeting the fans, and um, they pay, they paid higher salaries. You know Bill Works didn't want to pay higher salaries, but you know, that's why I got um, dealt in 1996. So, you know, he, he opened up to the, to the, to the maturation of the league and he won, he won three cups because of it. Um, But right now they're in a, they're in a massive, massive fight to try to get back to respectability right now, Um, which I think they've done a, done a good job of some of the players that they're bringing in right now and getting that first pick with Connor Bedard is going to be um, a really good start for them. I see. But, you know um, what? Uh, just, just to stay on that conversation, because I think you guys would appreciate this. I see a lot of uh, uh, what the Pittsburgh Penguins did for Sidney Crosby with insulating him with all those veteran players. Like they had Gary Roberts, Bill Guerin, Sergey Gonchar. <clears throat> they had all these veteran players surrounding Crosby to take away any pressure and just let him play hockey. And I feel like the Chicago Blackhawks are doing a lot of that as well. You know, they bring in Taylor Hall. They bring in uh, Corey Perry. Did they not bring in Corey Perry as well? Yep. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. those are, look at the, look at the three players they bring in, in the off season, the veteran players to surround this kid with. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you. Um, Now the, the question is whether, you know, is Taylor Hall, are they bringing him in for, um, you know, for leadership aspects or for, you know, goal production aspects on ice pressure? You know, I don't know. I think Taylor can still, um, you know, bring his game to a certain level. Probably, but, probably you know, definitely both. with Felino, definitely with Corey Perry, you know, definitely Corey Perry. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I've talked to Taylor um, a, a bunch of times he doesn't seem like the rah-rah, doesn't seem like the very personable guy that I would think would be that uh, that type of mentality in a locker room. Of I think you're getting that a, with you know, Nick Foligno. Yeah, you're getting that I with Nick you're also, you're also getting that with Corey Perry. Corey Perry is a tremendous guy. I don't know if you know him at all, but he is spectacular in terms of, uh, of a character guy. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, they definitely have the best the the best opportunity to change. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the team that, you know, I was talking about where Patrick Kane is going to end up, and obviously he doesn't want to sign until he gets healthy after a surgery. But um, I, I made I heard rumblings that that Chicago did not want to bring him back, which that might change now that that Rocky is 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 passed, um, or whether. Patrick would be up for going back to Chicago with these, all these new guys going back there. It might be a different atmosphere for him, 
But I said, why wouldn't he go to Buffalo and, and play for a couple of years in Buffalo with, with, you know, play at home in front of his parents, a team that's building, a team that I think is going to be really exciting to watch over the next couple of years. We've talked about it. We've, we've pulled the fans. And it's like 50-50. Hmm. I, I, personally, I love the idea. Um, I'm, I think I'm, they need something. I'm, I think in, the Sabres need some players. I'm in massive favor of this move. Do you think Patrick Kane would want to come to Buffalo? Well, it's always the big decision whether you want to play in in your hometown, right? In front of all your friends, in front of your family, you know, the pressures of, you know, making sure they're all happy. Everybody has tickets and, you know, your life of living back in your hometown again, right? I don't know. I think it's, I think it would be a cool, a cool thing for Patrick to play couple of years in his hometown and 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 help a building team that is kind of right on the cusp of, of making the playoffs again well that's how i feel because i think he's got a ton of game left i still think i don't he know if has... he's got a i don't know if he's got a i don't know if he has a ton of game left but he has a, definitely has enough left to make a difference okay well hold on let's 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 clarify a ton of game left when i say patrick kane has a ton of game left i think he can get you 75 points a year right now which I think is at his age, a a ton of a ton of uh, game. Yeah, it, again, there's a lot of dynamics that have to go along with that. I mean, I don't think Patrick Kane, um, and he'll be the one to tell you. I don't think he lived up to the expectations that he had going to New York, um, and he was playing with some pretty damn good players. And now he just obviously he was hurt. It's going to be interesting to see how the surgery uh, in the offseason. It's off tough, is it's tough to for a player him. like him, Jr. Right, because you have uh, you have Tarasenko that shows up uh, first in New York. He gets put on the first power play along with Fox, along with Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider. Okay, and they insert Tarasenko, and the power play took off right away. Then, then what? A couple weeks later, Patrick Kane is moved to the Rangers. Well, Patrick Kane, for for multiple games, never wasn't even on the first power play. So how is he supposed to fit in when you have literally one of the greatest passers, greatest players, not on the first power play? You know, like you have yeah, like their guy there. Sure. Their guy there is 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 Panarin. Their trigger guy mm-hmm. is Panarin. Their net front guy is is uh, uh, Kreider. Their their mm-hmm. middle bumper guy is is Zibanejad. You know, like they already have their guys in in place. And I just think, uh, you know, we had twelve points in nineteen games, right? Could he be better? Absolutely, but I I don't think he found his spot when he when he went to New York. I think they were still yeah. trying to figure out where do I actually put this guy. Yeah. I mean, another, you're on your game in terms of your, uh, your assessments, buddy. It's pretty good assessment. Like, you know, for me, the Sabres, the Sabres make me nervous. Like I look at all of the teams around us that have continued, I think to get better. Now our signing this year, and it's almost like, Hey shit. Now we solved everything. We brought in two guys on defense. So we've got ultimately a rookie goaltender. That's going to start next year with Uka Pekalukanen, who's 24. Those are the two goaltenders they're going with. Okay. There's no veteran goaltender 
to solidify that group. They're going to go with those guys and there's going to be some speed bumps on defense. They needed defense because their defense um, was not strong enough. They went and picked up Johnson and Clifton. I think they're real solid signings. Again, I don't think they identified. I don't think they went out and got a top four defenseman, which I think was the most important piece that they needed on the back end. Connor Clifton is not a top four defenseman. He played on Boston and he's never been a top four defenseman. He's been a six. Eric Johnson is a very solid defenseman, but he's not a top four defenseman anymore. He's 35 years old. So they, they picked up players that are strong, solid hockey players, but I don't think they identified their top four defensemen. That's just me personally. Okay. Clifton's a, Clifton's a good little addition because he's just a, such a crafty little defenseman. Uh, and who, who is the other one? Eric Johnson. Uh, I just saw, I, he didn't tell me that. I just saw, just saw him the other day here at the racetrack. Um, <laughs> figures. We, that's how much we talk about hockey because we didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even know he signed in Buffalo. We're good for He said he was going to play one more year and, um, and, and wrap it up. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's just steady. He's not going to, he's not going to do, he's going to just going to be a steady force back there. Um, but he's at the end of his career. I love, I love him. He's great. He's, he's, so he has a horse called Ronick and another one called McKinnon. He has two horses running here in Del Mar. So I <clears throat> see him here. here for opening day. Yeah. I got to see him for opening day last week. So what, so what does show. he bring? What does he bring to the Sabres that he, they he, may not num- have? Number, Number one, he brings a, a, a great personality into the locker room. He's a great kid, and everybody gets along with him. Uh, he's been around the block, so he does have a he does have a, a, a grit to him. He does have that ability to um, to hold guys accountable, to to speak up. He's not afraid to say something. Um, you know, now now he's won a Stanley Cup. He's you know he was he was the number one pick overall right back in the day. Yep. So he's got he's got he's got some he's got some lineage. There's no question about it in terms of his his career. So, you know that having Stanley Cup pedigree on your team is always important. Even if he doesn't play, even if he's a fifth or sixth defenseman on the team, um, I think he's going to be a real good uh, acquisition. More so in the locker room, on the road with the boys, camaraderie, bringing guys together. That that's that's what Eric Johnson brings you. And then on the forward line, we have the exact same forward line coming back. Like the exact same forward line coming back. Um, Minus Jack Quinn. Minus Jack Quinn, who I think we as a fan base, the team, we're looking for him to make a big stride forward. He's a young guy. He's super dynamic. Well, he hurt himself. He's going to be out four months, four to six months. So now you're taking that. He's ultimately on the second line. Now you're taking that away. Who'd you bring in? Tyson Jost again? You're bringing in the same players that we had last year. And I'm not saying the players that we had last year were not good, but I'm saying this, this team, I think still needs, needs a forward. Well, uh, the thing oh, is, yeah, too, no a lot of teams around them got better. Some got worse, but other teams got a lot better. I mean, the off season has been interesting, to say the least. But the Eastern Conference team, some of the teams got got way better. And 
you know, the Sabres picked up two defensemen. They have rookie goaltenders and the same forward group. So got to hope for career years again next year. One of the teams that I mentioned. Well, Boston, Boston, Boston is going to take a big hit with the big boy retiring. That's yeah, that's the I mean, team I was just about to say. Boston is the team that I think may have gotten worse with all the uh, departures, but the biggest one being Patrice Bergeron retiring. Yeah, that they're, 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 there's no question that teams are going to take a, a, a mass hit. They might be one of the, the, the largest largest deficit of points from one year to the next. Opposite of what Colorado did from going last to first, I mean Boston. Boston could could struggle to make the playoffs next year if you really think about it. I was just I was just going to say, what's Bergeron's legacy, Jr. in the league? Well, I think he's I I think he has a lot of the same characteristics that the Jonathan Taves had, right? Um, you know, Captain Serious with. Jonathan Taves and what he was able to do as as a leader and how revered he is as a leader. I mean, I think Pat, Patrice Bergeron is is right there on the same level with him. Um, you know, went to a couple cups, won the cup. Um, you know, the amount that again with the Selkie trophies that they had back and forth. I think the reputation of of his character in the league. Um, I, I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer without question to me. But then again, I shouldn't say that because who knows what the fuck those people think, you know. But um, in my opinion, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think he's gonna he's gonna go down as one of the most respected one of the most respected captains that we've seen in the, in the last twenty years. One of the greatest defensive forwards maybe to ever play, and right, I mean, what is it? Five, six Selkies he won. Six. Yes, I mean it's like, six. It's, I mean, again, he, he's, you know, everybody talks about Guy Carbono being that, being the, you know, the, the echelon of defense and, and leadership, but this, but Patrice Bergeron blows, blows him out of the water. Um, they're not even think, bloody like close. Said, of course they're not, but that's not it's, even close. It's the reputation. It's the reputation of what they're, what they're, how they're viewed by their peers and in the league. And Patrice Bergeron, I think, is, is probably, you know, and, and I think, you know, between him and Chara, Chara was the same way. And they, those two were like, they fed off each other. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think there's more of a guy who's more respected as a, as a player, a person, as a captain um, in the game now as, as, as Bergeron, you know, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yes, but Who is Frank J. Selkie? Who? Frank J. Selkie. Oh. Who is he? Who was he? And why is the yeah. why is the, the trophy after him? Yes, I have no idea. Second question: He was a nine-time Do you Stanley ever Cup think, champion with the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal. Listen, Canadians. man, come on! If I hear another freaking goddamn guy that that's won nine Stanley Cups, fuck! It's it's the biggest crock of shit ever. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Everybody that played in that era has seven Stanley Cups. Who are you? I've never heard of you before. Fucking guy played 30 games a year. He won seven Stanley Cups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> part of a part, part of a fucking dynasty. All. Fuck. Give Six me a teams. Break. Six teams. JR, <laughs> will we ever see the Patrice 
Bergeron Trophy? Yeah, in 20 years from now. It's time to shitbag some of these trophy names, man. It's time to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got you got to go along. I mean, you got you got the Messier, you got the Messier Trophy, right? Um, like how is the Art Ross trophy, not the Wayne Gretzky trophy, well, not, not the Wayne trophy, you know why? Because, because the national hockey league lives in prehistoric fucking mentality. <laughs> they are, they are prehistoric. They just don't, they just do not do things that are, have common sense to them. <sighs> um, and yeah, uh, that's a great question. And you know what? The answer should be, yes, it should be turned to the. Patrice Bergeron trophy. And by the way, they should do it relatively soon and not wait till he gets older and gets closer to dying. Right? So. <laughs> fuck. Don't do it in honor of him, like at the end of his life. Do it fucking now. Yeah, I exactly. agree. Let's wait. Let's let's wait till he's on his deathbed so he can enjoy it for like four days and then he's gone. He doesn't even get to see it every year. That's something that that's something that the National Hockey League would do, like with like with uh, Pat Burns, you know, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame after he passed. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh man, crazy! It is it is true though. Like, well, so basically, Riv, is that what you're saying? You want to see the trophy name changed? One thousand percent. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. Uh, hey, what do you know about Clayton Keller, Jr.? Uh, dynamite kid, dynamite kid, uh, great little personality, kind of quiet, a little bit more on the quiet side, but um, really respectful. <laughs> Unbelievable set of mitts. Uh, not the biggest kid in the world, um, not the strongest kid in the world, but uh, very elusive, very smart. He's got a very high hockey IQ. Uh, really made, obviously had a career year and really changed. The, I think the the path of his confidence this year but um really really good hockey player really good um supposedly so supposedly the sabers are interested in him craig is that what you said that's uh something that i read yes that there is some interest in uh clayton keller from the from the sabers don't worry about where i read it now we're worried where, about where, where, where I read it because like every time we talk about hey where where'd you hear that from Petey? you're like I can't tell well, you I, it's, if it's, you it's read a it secret, on the internet uh, if you read listen, it on don't the worry internet, about where I find my information okay listen, hey if you read it on the internet then you should say where you read it but if someone sent you a text message privately then you don't fucking say where it came from <laughs> like like if it's Elliot Friedman or some other reporter putting it out there. It's not a source. It's <laughs> well. Listen, I mean, on that on that topic, Petey. Before we go a little sideways here, okay. I want to say that I I yesterday in yesterday's show, um, I had basically said that there was a video out there with uh, Hines, the the running back from the Bills. And that he got clipped and blah, blah, blah. And the video that I was looking at was apparently not the right video. And I had someone tweet me yesterday, very respectfully, and basically said, just, you know, so you understand that was not the right video. And I appreciate that. I thought it was great. You're quoting the the respectful one. How about the disrespectful ones that came in? (laughs) 
there wasn't any disrespect. Fucking ones. idiot, Rive. No, there's no disrespectful ones. There's uh, I appreciate someone correcting me, uh, and I don't have any problem uh, uh, saying it. You know, so yeah, there's a lot right. of fake that's... shit out there. So I appreciate the guy uh, or girl. Uh, I don't know who it is, but uh, to uh, for correcting me. Thank you very much. Anyway, back on to Clayton Keller, you know, what, what, uh, what are you moving out to get him guy at 86 points last year? That's my question. Who are you moving out? Yeah. Who are you moving? Zygmunt Gergensen? He's lifer. (laughs) Uh, He's in a, he's in a, he's in a blue and yellow jumpsuit. That guy with shackles on. He's not going anywhere. Petey. Do you think there's any any chance that the Sabres could pull a trade off for a Clayton Keller? Do we do we have what what uh Arizona needs? Uh yeah. That's an easy one. That's like Middle Stad and Savoy. And maybe a goalie. Yeah, I couldn't. So how many pieces? How many pieces do you have to give up to get a 24-year-old player that just scored 86 points? 37 goals. What do you have to give up? It's gonna be it's gonna be a high draft pick for sure involved. How many first rounders are you gonna have to give up? How many players on the roster are you gonna have to give up? It's not just gonna be Casey Middlestat. I didn't say it's not that. just going to be Matt Savoy either. Well, the two of them combined will be the start of the deal. Could be, yeah. I just think uh, that's superstar statistics. 82 games, 37 goals. I just I just don't know why we're talking about this points. if it's if it's not realistic. Like where the where did you hear this? Who who said this on your on your Facebook page? Hey, Peckerhead, once you start telling me your sources that are just fucking ghosts all the time, I'll tell you my source. Okay there, bud? Okay. (laughs) Work work with each other for eight years, JR. The The guy is so secretive about everything. Like, I'm gonna go and spread the exactly who who's telling him is bullshit. I love it. I love it. See, that's what makes it a good show. It makes a good show. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know if. I don't know if. If um, Clayton Keller is available, that that team doesn't have much more after Clayton Keller. And yeah. again, it would be well. Isn't that be, the whole point, Jr.? I read an article. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, Petey. I read. Um, and I I read that his father was not happy with the Coyotes organization because they are not surrounding his son with players. And he's concerned about the direction and about, you know, his son's uh, path that he, he wants more. Well, first of all, parents should have, parents shouldn't have any, any influence at all on on what a team does with their kid. Once your kid becomes a professional hockey player, the, the the parent becomes irrelevant in 
the equation of them talking to back and forth. That's what you have an agent for. That's what you have to do yourself. You have an agent that does that. Unless unless his, his dad is his agent, it's a different story. But when no, it comes he's represented, to parents, he's represented yeah. by Bartlett Hockey. Okay, well, so then you know, you know, all due respect to uh, you know to his dad. His dad should just leave that to the agent to be the do the complaining and not worry about you know Clayton Keller and what the teams are. I by the way, I do agree with him. I do agree with his assessment, but you know that I don't believe that. There's a lot place of a outstanding father. hockey players that have played in this league for for years and generations, and that have been stuck on shitball hockey teams, on shitball organizations, and they go down with just statistics. Jr. Just points, and then you got these other guys that are fucking born into. Uh, a dynasty organization with incredible players that are above them, that they learn from, they win Stanley cups with, and now all of a sudden these guys are winners. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that's guy, the, that guy's yeah. a winner. Luck here's, draw. The, here's the caveat to that before we change topics here. This is the last year of his contract that has a, any kind of movement clause that the Coyotes control where he goes and what they get. Next year, he has no trade, no trade, and then he has no movement clause the last two years. So so basically, if he does want to be moved, which he, he will pick where he wants to go. Starting next year. After, now, after he has no after, say. Yeah. yeah. So if the... It's interesting. If, it's interesting. The, it's interesting. And so if, and I think you hit it on the head, Jr. You just said to me, "Well, who do they have behind Clayton Keller?" And the answer is not very much. So yeah. at this point in time, do you think the Coyotes with Clayton Keller, who's getting eighty-six points a year, do you think that they could be stronger not only now but for the future? with a trade of Clayton Keller. Do you think you could find two, three, four pieces that could be playing in the Coyotes lineup that could make them better in years to come? Well, they have so many Instead of just having, instead of having one guy. Yeah, they have so many issues. They're playing in a a 5,000-seat arena. I mean, is this team even going to be around in Arizona or wherever they go? Are they building for something different? Do they need someone like Clayton Keller to, you know, to put people in that 5,000-seat building? To they, they just seem to make the wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision. And at some point, at some point, you, you, you got to – you got to make a right one. And I don't think giving up Clayton Keller is the right one. To tell you the truth. Last thing I'll I say. I absolutely think it is. What do you think of the Austin Matthews um, rumors about 13.5 million AAV in Toronto? Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't Nick surprise Kiprios. me. He had a pretty, he had a proud, Nick Kiprios from Sportsnet said that there have been um, multiple sources that have 
the Maple Leafs and Matthews camp have settled on an annual average salary of $13.5 million. Well, I definitely think that they have to make it very, very juicy in order to keep them from away from free agency. And that would be that would be juicy enough to keep them there, you know. So it'd be interesting to see what um, if that's true. I mean, he did sign a very unique contract with his last contract with them that played with the cap and how he got paid. And it's going to be interesting to see how this one would work. It's amazing you bring that up because that's the one area that they haven't settled on. Is how they pay him is the term. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's what they, do you think obviously it's going to be? Their cap, their cap, their caps, their cap, you know, cap heavy. So what are they going to do already? I could he see made them 11. doing point six million dollars. Do you think he deserves thirteen point five million dollars? I'd let him go. It's a lot for the National Hockey League, man. I mean, when you have Connor McDavid, the best player on the fucking planet, you know making less than than Austin Matthews for that to me that's that's a little troublesome for uh for contracts moving forward you know I'm always a, I'm always a believer that the best player in the game should make the most money I, I I mean if that's bad then you know so be it but um I don't think there should be anybody making more than Connor McDavid explain to me it just explain to me how Austin Matthews thinks that he deserves $13.5 million when you have Pasternak who just signed for $12 million and you have Nate McKinnon who won a Stanley cup and has been shredding the league for years who just signed for 12.6, $100,000 more than the greatest player in the game, Connor McDavid. Now all of a sudden you're going to have Austin Matthews who's the biggest fucking flop in the playoffs and he's going to demand 13.5. Yeah, this, this doesn't how that how that works. Yeah, and by the way, I'm as as big of an Austin Matthews fan as I am. I I, I don't I don't agree with it. I, I don't think it's no, it's, no. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it because of future future problems that the league could hold for for salary structure. It's I just don't see it. I don't. I would if I were the but, Leafs, I would let him play out this year because you know he's going to kill it, and see what they can do with him. In one season, and then you have thirteen point five million dollars of free to you next year to go okay. and spend. You to need go to and do me a favor, Petey Bertuzzi, Domi. Go sign those guys back and and build build your team around with that money instead of just one player. And he's hurt too; he gets hurt every year. What are we going to say, oh, Rip, before we let our guy go here? He's got to get moving. There's something about his contract. He's got one more year on his contract, and I think they had to trade him by July 1st. Now, Austin Matthews has all the power. He has a, he has a no-movement clause right now. That's true. Go look it mm-hmm. up. Yeah, you're right. So the we speculation back earlier, at yeah. the start of June was, and they lost out, is what do you do with Martyr, Austin Matthews? Remember? It was the same with Marner. We had the same, they had the same situation. That's right. Well, we'll see. I'll, I'll tell you that they, they put themselves in a pickle right now because, you know, I, I do think Austin Matthews is, you know, arguably one of the best goal scorers um, on the planet right now. Um, if he, 
and you're right, he does get hurt. PD he does get hurt. One of the reasons why he's not over 50 goals a year is because he does get hurt. I mean, his goal totals are awesome. He's going to go down as the best goal scorer in, in American history. But when you have guys scoring 60 and 57 and, you know, Conrad David being as, you know, as prolific as him, I, I just don't see how you can change the whole salary structure um, for a guy like you said, Riv, who has not gotten past the, the second round or you know crazy it really is you know it, he just has that following him around and you can put it on mitch marner or you can put it on willie nylander or you can point the finger at captain john Tavares, or you could just go f- to the best fucking player on the team and you can point a finger at austin matthews They've literally lost out in the first round of the playoffs, what, seven years in a row, and then this year they broke it, and they didn't deserve it. And let me tell you something. Anybody who watched that friggin' series, Tampa Bay, they got robbed. They got robbed. They were the better team in that series, but Toronto won it. Congratulations, Toronto. Then they went and got spanked in the next round. Boom, shakalaka. Yeah. And... I just find, where is Austin Matthews? Where is this dynamic guy? You go and watch and look at at Florida. Go and watch Florida. Every single solitary game, the best players showed up every single night, and that was Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Whether you yep. love him or you and hate only, him, and not, and he not was. Only that, not only that, but Matthew Kachuk single-handedly changed the mentality of how a team plays. Because you saw Florida play over the last five years before Matthew Kachuk got down there, and they're a wishy-washy team. They'd show up for one game, they'd disappear for three. They decide they wanted to play. They played a passive, easy game. Guys, the guys were working. And all of a sudden, Matthew Kachuk gets down there, and every single guy is in your face. Every single guy is hitting. Every single guy is is chirping. Every single guy. They became a tough team to play against because Matthew Kachuk changed the mentality of their of their identity. Uh, I don't see that happening in Toronto. So It'll be interesting. Appreciate your time, man. Enjoy All the right, rest boys. Of summer. Love you. Good show. I love you guys, and we will see you in uh, in a few weeks. Oh, it's like that. Uh, it's like that depressing song from back in the day. I won't sing it for you, but see you in September. Hey, Art. Before Just... you go, I want to ask you one question. What? Seventy-five games played. 36 goals, 67 points, plus eight. In the playoffs, 15 games played, five goals, 12 points. How much is this guy earning? Say that, 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 that's that's Austin uh, Matthews. And that Austin Matthews. 36 stats. goals, 67 points in 75 games. What do you pay this player? How old is he? You pay that player eight and a half million. He's 26 years old. Because he just signed a contract. Talking about eight uh, years, 9.75 million, 78 million. Is that Sebastian Ajo? Did he just sign? Just signed it. He's a hell of a hockey player. He's a hell of he a nine point seven five for eight years. He's, he's a, a hell player. of a, he's a great player. player. He's a great player. Yeah. He's a great player. I mean, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. That's I mean, that's 
He's got he's got more upside to him too. He plays like when you're playing a solid defensively. Yeah, he's a very structured player. He's, he's a fin. In, the, yeah, every fin's yeah, solid defensively yeah. except for Line. He kind of like fell off the ladder on that one. Yeah, I like Sebastian Ajo. That's a good signing. I like that. All right, boys, I got to run, got to jam. I love Have you a good guys. summer, man. Love Later, you. buddy. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.